Welcome to Rivers 2 Resilience Podcast, where you'll gain insights and knowledge into resilience whilst being inspired, motivated and transformed. I'm so pleased to have with me on today's show, Natasha Naomi Ray, who is a British actress, author and creative. She's the ambassador for the UK charity Bipolar UK, and she's co-creator of the Speak Out Like Brenda campaign. Natasha has published her debut book in 2020, Me, Myself and Bipolar Brenda, the journal of a happy soul with a chaotic mind. Natasha, I'm so pleased that you could find time in your busy schedule to join me for today's podcast show and to share about your journey of resilience and, um, you know, what's enabled you to bounce back in life, in, you know, personally and professionally. So I'd love for you just to share a little bit about about yourself so yeah i mean i have bipolar disorder which is a very misunderstood illness because it's not what people think when you google bipolar and you look on the nhs and it says you have severe highs and you have severe lows mm-hmm. um, they don't talk about the intrusive thoughts the compulsive disorder the compulsive thinking and, and the anxiety, the physical anxiety, and as I just said to you, you know, I'm, you know, I, very, I speak very, very openly, you know, and you know, I've, I'm riddled with anxiety at the minute, like mm. literally riddled with it. But yeah, I think when I first got diagnosed, I mean, I've suffered since I was 14. Right. So I, I, I suffered. It's quite interesting actually looking back or speaking to my friend who's a mutual friend of me and my, my ex who I was with when I was younger. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because I've got letters from him and it was always like, oh, you, you managed to get up this morning even though you was tired. And I used to stay in bed for days on end. And yeah, I, I had my first severe episode. I was around 14, 15 and mm-hmm. I, I took an overdose. So I was under child mental health then. Mm-hmm. And then I think when I got into my teens, I... I just, I lived that very much up and down lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking back now, when I wrote the book, you know, sometimes I've not really gone into detail in my book about my younger years. That's Mm -hmm. something that I'm I'm planning on speaking to people around me when I was, before I knew about Brenda and I knew about bipolar. Yeah. So, you know, everything I do is backwards. (laughs) You know, <laughs> don't, I don't have a publisher, don't have a lit agent, but I've, my, my book's up for, t- you know, it's going into TV development. So oh, I'm just, oh, that's that's st- st- story of me, everything's backwards. But so, yeah, so it would be typical that I would write about the bipolar and then go back and write before it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think for me, I, I lived a very up and down lifestyle in my teens. And then when I had my son, that's when it got more severe, which is generally when it does start to really raise its head and mm-hmm. um, you know hormones can be involved and it and it can bring it out in you a lot more mm-hmm. and I, I struggled massively and I I took to journaling to, to try and figure out why I was feeling the way I was feeling and medication didn't sit right with me I had a really bad experience on it it put me off and and mm-hmm. The thing with me is if something puts me off or something doesn't sit right with me, it will terrify me forever and mm-hmm. it'll take me a long time to con- reconsider that. Mm-hmm. So I, I chose the holistic path. Yeah. Um, started with meditation. Then I went into Reiki healing. 
and then I, and I went into Kundalini yoga. So I, I would say I'm very, sometimes I think, am I having anxiety? I'm having an episode or am I just very, very oversensitive because I'm very, I am very, very spiritual. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also have a wild side as well. So I've always struggled between those two lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yo- yo- yoga mat or go for go for afternoon gins. It's, yeah. it's one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, it was. I never ever sat down sat down with the intention of I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. I got kicked out of school when I was 14 years old. I've not got a GCSE to my name, but for some reason, it kept niggling at me. Mm-hmm. And I had these journals. Um, and I, I I spoke to my friend, and she was like, you you know, you should put them in a book. Right. And then in 2018, I went through something really traumatic. Normally when I have episodes, I bounce back very quickly. Mm-hmm. I get straight back onto a management plan and routine. Mm-hmm. Diet, powerlifting has been a huge, huge help for me. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I was going lower and lower and I couldn't get out. And I was really, really ill. So I had an episode in 2018 where I, I, I took an overdose in November and I didn't get the care I should have got. Oh, um, it is it is what it is, you know, and it's mm. it's um everybody's experience with the mental health system's different. Mine's not been great. And I realized early on that I had to kind of take control and responsibility as much as I could mm-hmm. to to get to know what this condition was, what my triggers were. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think I got to a point as well is 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 I wanted to get to know who I am. Like mm-hmm. You know, I'm quite a driven person. Um, you know, I've I've been in the entertainment industry from being a very young age, and uh, you know, you kind of sometimes everything that you do, you think, is it the bipolar? Oh, am I really successful because I'm really, really high in money? Right. Um, and sometimes you have to step away and go, no, actually, that's just because that I'm Tasha, and I'll go for what I want to go for because that's my passion. So yeah, the book was kind of a savior really it was a light very difficult Uh it was a very difficult experience pulling out neon 10 years of your life and Mm. then looking back at it Uh i'd got to a point in my life where i was like i've lost control since i the first time probably since 2016 Uh and i was like i need to look back now to see what has made me ill and what has helped me with that came a lot of reflection and, yeah. and it built a book mm-hmm. and it is it's like I mean it's you literally you know if you pick it up it's like you're literally picking up somebody's journal I think some people read it sometimes and they think oh god I don't know if I should be reading this like mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> oh god like you know and even me now sometimes people say to me do you feel like you've overexposed yourself I'm like, well, it's a bit late now. It's already out there, isn't it? What well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, thousands of people have already read it. So is um, you know, it's not kind of no going back, is it? It's like when something gets posted online, that's it, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I never, ever, ever, ever in a million years of Sundays did I ever expect it was going to have the response that that it got. Mm-hmm. Never. I right. kind of thought, you know it's helped me selfishly I was like it's helped me it's helped me see who I am um it's helped me understand my illness more than what I thought I did and if it if one person picks it up and it helps them or they have a giggle 
then mm -hmm. it's done its job. And, yeah. and, and that was the intention. And obviously, you know, the, the, the response has been overwhelming, you know, especially yeah. from somebody that's, you know, in my eyes, I'm not, I'm not very literate. I'm, you know, my friend at the BBC says my, my spelling's unique. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think as a creative, and for me, obviously, creativity is something that's allowed me to, to express myself for many years, you know, mm -hmm. deal with these intense emotions and moods. Yeah. Creativity is a massive thing for me. Um, did I ever think I'd go into writing? No. I, you know, I'm starting script writing now. If you asked me two months ago and somebody said, well, why don't you script what you do? Oh, no, 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 I don't write scripts. Mm -hmm. but two years ago, I was like, no, 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 I won't write a book. Mm -hmm. Right. So, okay. Yeah, it's been in interesting, and, and you know, people relate to it because you can't sugarcoat it. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. So you know, I will talk about crapping myself in Tesco's when I have yes. an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. That is the truth of it. You know. Yeah, I think that's important because that I think that makes it accessible and relatable, and that's that's what people want in this world. You know. All too often, people are quite pretentious, but you just want to connect with someone on a, on a human level who kind of understands, you know, your experiences. And I think it's it, it's so powerful. And from what I've read of the book, you know, I was laughing at part in parts of it. I thought, oh, I, I kind of identify with that. And then I can, it's got a bit of a um, northern Mancunian, you know, feel to it, which for me is, you know, is, is quite nice as a northerner. And and then in the midst of it, you know, you're journaling, you're sharing your experiences. And I guess it kind of highlights how using that tool of journaling and self-reflection and understanding yourself, that that's helped you to, to bounce back. And now you're sharing that with the world, which I think is, is so powerful, you know, that you've been so vulnerable through that book and, and, and through that tool. Which is interesting, I think, isn't it? Because I, 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 if you would have asked me probably a few years ago, I wouldn't have wanted to really show my vulnerability. And I, I think I said to Sweeney, I did an interview with Sweeney, and I said, as cliche as it is, I said, you know, to bearing your soul and allowing people to, to connect with you actually heals parts of you as you're healing them. Mm. And I believe that, you know, and I think, I don't think I've gone through what I've gone through. I don't think I suffer like I suffer to sit back and suffer and throw the towel in. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe I go through what I go through because it's, it's the universe and it was my soul's purpose that they handed it me. And I believe they, they hand the hardest battles to the to the strongest souls because they know that they're the ones that can make a difference mm -hmm. and, and and i hope that's encouraging other people to stand up and yeah. you know and and do the same mm -hmm. that's that's important because you know jess um jess phillips i mean i'm not into politics at all but i always take one line from every book i ever ever read mm -hmm. and one line from her book has resonated with me so much and she says, tell the world what you care about because that will make the world care too. And I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do because, you know, mental health, it's like, you know, I kind of got used to bipolar. 
Mm -hmm. I kind of got used to, to being in bed for weeks on end and not having any interest, not brushing my teeth. I mean, being high and manic is absolutely fantastic, you know, but the problem with me is, is because my moods change, you know, and, and also because I'm so sensitive, it then started to bring out this fight and flight in my body. Right. So my mind goes at such speed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's amazing because like, I will achieve something in 24 hours that somebody wouldn't achieve in two months. Right. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I wish I could do that. <laughs> like a superpower, but then, you know, it's a double-edged sword, you know, because then I get really like all these creative ideas, my head's going, my head's going. And then all of a sudden my body, then it, it starts to manifest in my body. So, you know, and I was, I just wrote something then a little journal piece about, you know, people talk about anxiety and panic attacks, but they're so different. Uh -huh. You know, a panic attack to me is where I'm literally hyperventilating, can't breathe. I don't have any thoughts going through my head. Um, uh -huh. I'm just like, you're... <laughs> gonna... That's it. But I, it sounds so ridiculous. And I say this all the time. I would rather have a panic attack than have physical anxiety because I call it the silent assassin. That's the wrong right. word. Assassin. <laughs> It, it creeps in me over nowhere, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I was writing that 20 minutes ago. All my face was numb, my, my hands were numb. My stomach goes into like a ball of barbed wire. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you want to rip what... It's like you've got this intruder inside your body. Mm -hmm. And people always look at it on the mental aspect, but it, this, this physical side of it, you've got this intrusion in your body. Mm -hmm. It's a chronic pain. And it's, it takes over every part of you. So, it'll, you know, it's in your ears, it's in your throat. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning with that. I'm really, really still learning with, with how I overcome that. Because sometimes it can last a couple of days. This time it's lasted a full week and it stopped me from going out. Right. Okay. Um, so, well, it's, you know, you're forever learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I mean, you 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 know, you're here today, which I appreciate, and I guess that in itself kind of highlights, you know, your resilience. So what would you share? What would you say to the listeners in terms of, you know, what what are your maybe top three tips that you would give in terms of building um, resilience? I know you've touched upon yoga and meditation. Are there any other, you know, tips that you would share? Because you you clearly, you know, you you have succeeded in life. You've got a lot of accomplishments you know, you, you've published your book as well. So you clearly, you clearly have got some tools that are allowing you to kind of navigate through these challenges and to bounce back. I'd love to hear one of your unique tools or your go-tos. I think the one that made me quite resilient and mentally strong for somebody that's scared of their own shadow is when yeah. I started to compete with powerlifting. Right, um, okay. So I, I, I believe powerlifting was what brought out this mental strength. Mm -hmm. I was very naturally strong for a very small person. I was very lucky because I trained with, with in my opinion, the best trainer you could possibly train with, Anthony Zimwala. He runs the Hurt Locker. And, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, we've had our ups and downs. Um, you know, <laughs> him. he's trained me for nearly six years. He probably deserves, he's, you know, he's got medals for sprinting and for powerlifting. Oh. But I think the biggest medal should be um, 
training me for six years. But yeah, for me, I think going into a gym and being absolutely, ter you're terrified of everything, you know, in life when you've got this, this condition. Fear is a massive thing. Mm. And, and, and sometimes you, I think you have to get angry with it sometimes and you have to go, yeah. no, mm -hmm. no, 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 not yeah. today, yeah. no. Mm -hmm. And it, that's the kind of what he put into my head. So, you know, I fell with 80 kilos across my back. He's made me get back up, put the bar back across my back and do it again. Now you can imagine somebody with an anxiety disorder that is convinced they're going to die every day. This is like, what is this man making me do? But what he built was, was this mental strength. Mm -hmm. You know, I won, I won my first ever powerlifting competition, a local, the local powerlifting competition. And it wasn't about the winning for me. It was what I learned in that camp was invaluable for me because, and I still fall back now. Like I've just messaged him then. And I said, look, I don't think I'm going to be able to come in tonight. I've not been out all week. Mm. I mean, it's a catch 22. Cause I know if I come in and I do some, you know, like deadlifts and I, and I do some box jumps, mm -hmm. I, this might leave my body a little bit, but the, I, I'm thinking, what if I, you know, I feel ill. And so mm -hmm. you constantly, and I think that's my book. I don't think it's a book where it's necessarily somebody that's going, do this, this, and this, and you will be completely in control. You'll never have another episode. You'll never suffer with physical anxiety again because you've got, you are, I, I'm do, I am now, I'm, you know, I'm riddled at the minute. But what has it taught me is the show must go on, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that I think is me going to, to the anxiety and to the bipolar. I'm taking my control back. Yeah, yeah. This isn't the Brenda show. This is the Tasha show. Yeah. Move oh, on. I love that. That's fantastic. And that yeah, kind yeah. of shows, that's your resilient mindset, isn't it? And I know you shared in the book that, you know, um, Brenda, she, she doesn't define you. And I guess what you've just shared kind of highlights that. And I guess in life, all of us face different challenges, whether they're emotional, you know, emotional challenges, maybe struggling with anxiety, low mood, or, you know, financial, you know, in the midst of COVID, but it is about taking back control and I guess looking for opportunities in the midst of the storm and crisis and looking inwardly and thinking about, you know, what resources do we all have and how can we use them to kind of pull ourselves up out of this, you know, this kind of black hole that we might feel that we're in or, you know, in terms of anxiety, standing up to the bully because anxiety can feel like a bully and it's telling you what to do but it's about you trying to take back and taking back that control and having a bit of a plan and I guess you know you being on the show today is is, is kind of testament of you taking back control as well and saying yeah Tasha is in control move over Brenda well it's helped me you know I'm sat here now and I'm chatting to you and it, it, it helps me but it's very very difficult when you get into those episodes to, mm -hmm. to curl up and to want to hide away yeah. you know a trainer's texted me then and he was like right now he's a bit of a tough love with me he right. totally understands he totally knows what i go through mm -hmm. but you know i think you probably wouldn't have got to it in the book yet i say you know you need people like him because if everybody left you to sit on your beanbag for a week you would never ever get out of it so as much as I want to turn around to him sometimes and go, no, Anthony, you don't understand. You can't just tell me to get over it. 
I'm, yeah. I'm cold. I'm riddled with 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 pain. my body. I can't feel like my face. Mm. Right, come on now. Let's just stop being soft. Let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. And if everyone was like that with me, I probably wouldn't deal with it very well. But mm-hmm. I I allow him to be like that with me because he has got me out of some very very bad times right. where I possibly didn't think I would get out of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you need that, people like that. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree with, with that and concur with that. It, so it sounds like, although he's your trainer, it sounds like he's a bit of a role model as well because it sounds like it's that tough love. He's quite resilient and you're kind of, maybe in your difficult times, you're modelling, you know, how he would maybe respond and that's what's helped you to push through those tough times. Yeah, there has. And there's been times where, you know, I've been really ill and he knows, you know, I, I think... It, it, He's got to know me that well and got to know the bipolar that well and got to know, you know, he doesn't separate me. He just sees me as Tasha and he, she has, she can be, you know, sometimes she's scared to death. Sometimes she's comes in and she's talking a million miles an hour or mm-hmm. he's really got to, he's really got to know me. And I think, you know, you, you've got to have that support network. My therapist who I had for a long time, she, she was great. She, mm-hmm. she did EFT with me and, and that helped me a lot. And it's kind of go, as you go along, you're going to pick up these other tools. Mm-hmm. It can be a full-time job looking after your mental health. And, and obviously I've been really busy since in lockdown because obviously a lot of things have changed for me mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to manage, you know, a nine year old, um, my mum's, you know, in her seventies, you know, pushing your career, changing your life career really yeah. to, to mm-hmm. what you were doing a year ago. And then also then actually remembering I need to be eating. You know, yesterday I was like, oh my God, I've not fed myself properly for over a week. And and you fall back, but then it's like, for me, is is it's, it's got to be one thing or the other, which is difficult. And anyone you speak to with this condition, they're always striving for the middle ground you know yeah. I'll go to yoga once a week I'll go to yoga every day do you right. know what I mean? mm-hmm. or I don't go at all the only thing I think that I've really ever really really stuck at is obviously with my you know my acting and and yeah. stuff. it is is the gym I'd rather go and collapse on the floor in that gym than tell him I'm not coming in um right. okay <laughs> you know and I think yeah you do you do need that but it's it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing battle. And I think that the book shows that, you know, mm-hmm. I won't ruin it for you, but you know, you get to the end of it and you think, oh my God, like she's come so well and she's completely in control. Nope. No, she's not. She's back in hospital. Yeah. I think what you have to get with that is an acceptance. I yeah. kind of have to go, mm-hmm. I was sat there before and I was literally like, I, I, I wanted to cry, but I couldn't cry. And would I turn the bipolar off? No. I think because I've just got used to it. And also I do believe that it gives you a spark of magic. I really do. Is that because I've got used to it and I've learned how to, to manage it. And I've, I've learned that I want to live more than what I want. I actually die. I've, 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 I've drummed that into me. My son mm-hmm. made me want to live, um, right. not survive, but live. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And I want to make a difference, but with the anxiety, the physical anxiety, for me, it's like starting all over again. Mm -hmm. I feel 14 again because I have no idea. 
I do know where it's coming from, but mm -hmm. it's like, how do I get a control over it? How do I stop these physical symptoms in my body? Mm -hmm. I've come a long way since last year. I used to be in A&E every weekend telling them I'm having an heart attack, I'm dying. Right. I don't go to A&E as much anymore. That's, that's positive. So it sounds like you've, you're kind of adapting and adjusting to it and you're kind of understanding yourself more, understanding the anxiety even more, which is positive. You get to know it. You, you you get to know it and, and that's what I did with the bipolar you get to know it. it's like I know when I'm getting ill and I'd go to the doctor and I'd say look I'm getting ill but unfortunately for me with the resources it got it was getting to crisis it gets to crisis before something gets done wow. and I've thought this year now to now be reseen and to be to be to be looked at correctly mm -hmm. I've never been wanting to go back on mood stabilizers but it may be that I might need to because my fight or flight in my body is, is, is caused from how fast my, my mind is. Right. With the make yeah. happens. Yeah. No, that's understandable. I get locked on when I'm successful. I get anxiety when I'm successful. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm. People will go, I've never seen somebody look so depressed when they just got the best news they could have possibly got. And what it is, is, is my body's gone. It's got over, I get overstimulated. Right. So I guess for yourself, what would you say is the, what's been your biggest obstacle or hurdle in life? And what, what, how have you kind of managed to get through that? And what have you learned from that? Life is the biggest obstacle. <laughs> life. Oh, and, and getting the right wigs is, yeah. is, is, is another one. Getting the right weave and the right wigs. They don't look like wigs. They look great. And I love the, I love the kind of turban head wrap. It's lovely. Literally just covering the clips I stuck round the front. <laughs> honestly, well, you did a good job. <laughs> um, that's what's great about Zoom. They can't see the back. You know, yeah. really. Um, I think the biggest obstacle in my life that I've had to overcome is acceptance mm -hmm. of this. I've got a chronic condition. I've got a mental illness. I've got a very severe mental illness that has had a huge effect on my son. And, you know, you still am overcoming that I'm forever going to be guilty, you know, that I had to come in on Tuesday and I literally collapsed in the kitchen in the corner and he literally had to pretty much help me up the stairs, put me on a beanbag right. and put his pockets over me. Mm -hmm. um, that's the biggest obstacle is 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 you want to be able to sometimes just be a normal mom that can go and take him swimming and can go to the cinema some days i can do that it's like this week i've not been able to take him anywhere mm. and that's really difficult i would so i would say the biggest obstacle for me is is has been having to teach my son you know and I think in this day and age, he'll probably look back in 10 years and be the most compassionate, because he is, most compassionate, understanding human being you will ever come across. But do you, do you have a guilt there still that you, you, he, he's had to grow up and this is how he's seen me, you know? So I would say that's the biggest obstacle in my life. And, and I, I'm still striving now you know, openly 
to be in more control and to manage my time better and to manage everything so I can I can be a bit a better mum. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's been one of the the things, you know, I'm doing all this work and I'm pushing and I'm, you know, success with everything outside of, of stuff to try and give him a better life. But actually all he wants from me sometimes is just my time. Right. And I can't give him that. Hmm. So what would you say, I guess, to our listeners who are maybe having similar, you know, struggles in kind of balancing the time and the, you know, the kind of challenges in life, really? I think what's really important is, and I say this in my book, is that you find something that gives you a little bit of light, no matter how dark you're in. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. I think whether that means you sit down and you eat a cake and that gives you a bit of comfort. You know, I was struggling last week. So I literally sat for seven hours and watched Peaky Blinders and Cheesy What's It's. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel a little bit better. You know, people say, so, get outside in nature, go and walk. And it's really difficult to say that to somebody that can physically not get out the house. Mm. But, you know, okay, all right, what's the alternative? So me and Luciano will go out and we'll go and stand on the grass in bare feet or we'll go and hug trees. Mm-hmm. People, Whoa, what are you doing? But it, that's all we can do because I can't get to Dove Stones because mm-hmm. I can't get there. Is, is, you know, it's, it's really easy for me to say because some days you'll be a lot harder on yourself and other days you'll be like, I've done the best I can. Mm-hmm. That is what you are doing. You mm-hmm. are doing the best you can yeah. with the cards you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. I think that's powerful and sometimes... In life, that's all we can do. Look at the resources that we've got around us and, tr- and try and use them or leverage them to help us to kind of get through, you know, stuff, tough challenges in life. And it might be just, I guess, maybe reaching out to a family member or, or a friend, because I think sometimes we can overlook what we actually have got, even in the midst of a, you know, a crisis. And I think in the midst of COVID, people have just are more focused on those basic, you know, those basic human needs. And there's a lot more gratitude. And I guess that's a little bit of what I'm kind of sensing from yourself that, you know, in those challenging times, you've just got to, you've just got to do your best and be grateful for what you, what you've got. And it sounds like your son has really helped you to, to manage during those difficult uh, times and maybe giving you, he's like your motivate, your motivation to kind of. Yeah, he's kept me alive. Yeah, I wouldn't still be here if it wasn't for him. Mm. And I say that, openly say that. And I believe that, you know, I, like I said, you know, I'm quite spiritual and and I believe that you come here, you know what you're coming to do, or you're sold up, you know what I mean? Um, You know, because I think, because he always says to me, I picked you, I seen three mummies and I I picked you. And I said, what did you do that? And he's only nine. <laughs> oh my gosh, what he comes out with is unbelievable. He's right. unbelievable. He's, he's, he's an old soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you should be you should be really grateful. And you know what it is, is you know those times where I can be fully focused with him and mm-hmm. I can be really engaged with him. Mm-hmm. I hold on to them for dear life. They mean more yeah. to me than than what you would just you know, when you spend time with them every single day, doing a reading every day, doing this every day, Lucy doesn't get that with me. Mm. So we might get a week where I'm like, okay, reading, pajamas laid out on the bed, 
you know, all that. And then he gets a week of like where my mum's having to, to, you know, deal with him because I can't, I can't do it. You know, and kids need routine and stuff, but you know, it's, it's life because, you know, things in life are going to throw you off your routine. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. This has thrown kids out of a routine. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> he hasn't th- thrown the whole world. <laughs> Everyone. I'm like, welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. No, that's. Um... I think it has taught people more compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and we all need a, you know, we all need a bit more compassion, self-compassion, and, and compassion towards others, because that can, yeah, that can help us to improve our our well-being and help help us in being more resilient i think sometimes we can be quite harsh on ourselves you know if we don't succeed at, at certain things or we don't get that you know secure that job or that that opportunity but it is about being kind compassionate and trying to um trying to bounce back but it's been fantastic having you on today's episode natasha and just sharing about your journey being so so authentic and as i've been discussing with you I've learned a lot about resilience through your journey. So I really appreciate that. And I know our listeners will.